Welcome everyone to NFTs in the Arena. It's 2023. Happy New Year. John, what's going on, man? Happy New Year. What's happening, Mikey and peeps out there? Happy New Year. Rock and roll. I'm so excited for 2023, bro. In the YouTube world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love Let's it. find a, a word for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I suppose you could talk about uh, the Matrix as our friend Andrew Tate was always referred yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting thing today regarding that. We can also get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 2023. If you're listening for the first time, please like and subscribe to um, our YouTube channel. John has been like Kanye deleting tweets. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> No, but, not the tweet itself. Yeah. I just took it off as a story. I don't want to create a, no, <laughs> animosity. <laughs> All right. So perfect way to start our, new, our first episode of 2023. I think uh, this year we want to put a lot more emphasis on the content we put out, um, speak to what the audience want to hear and listen to, and naturally always delving into everything that's around sports and the technicalities around NFTs, cryptocurrencies, and what's just generally going on in, in, in the world. And I think today, and the title of the podcast will effectively be, is how social influence is having an impact on um, facets of sports, cryptocurrency, NFTs, and what it truly means to have the modern-day influencer getting involved in an unregulated market like we've seen, and the influence that individuals like Sam Bankman-Fried can have on the crypto market on how individuals like Logan Paul can create um, Crypto Zoo, uh, online game, which is effectively a pay-to-play um, but model. How he started that, took so much money from his followers, and essentially left that pro- project behind. Whether it's is true it? or not, I think there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of things like that. And we'll get into Whoa. that. So people that are listening and that are pretty much prevalent on YouTube and watching this content will know that there's this huge beef between CoffeeZilla, who's another YouTuber, and Logan yeah, yeah, Paul. Yeah. Mm. And then the last thing that I, I, I was thinking about is talking about influence. So these guys are hold stature, they held influence, have millions of followers. Then I was also looking at, um, from the sports uh, sector and the sports side, I was looking at Cristiano Ronaldo. He created his own NFT collection uh, a few weeks ago. I think he actually joined the World Cup. Um, on Binance, and I was actually just trying to see how well it's fair. There wasn't too much information mm. on how well it's doing. But the point of that now is seeing how he's transitioned now from European football to the Saudi Arabia League. And obviously coming at mm. a very good time during the World Cup, having NFTs, now going to a league where he's going to be the highest paid player in the world, $200 million or pounds a year, I think it's dollars. Mm. And just the influence around how these, these individuals are pushing this industry and are, in their own right, creating different, different perceptions and opinions around the projects that they've been working on. So the first thing that I wanted to get into, John, and is this whole thing with, with Logan Paul. And mm. I found a video from a YouTuber. His name's XQC. I'll put his link actually in our description. He's obviously got a shit ton of followers, but the mm. way he just, he, he's viewing this video now, and it's just a, a cool video that I found that, Basically, we'll explain to our audience what this whole um, crypto zoo thing was that Logan Paul had created. And also, just mm. to keep in mind, is that he had created, I think, a meme coin um, early on that was also very much a failure. But in this video, you'll see how much money, and whether that's true or not, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. But I just think it's interesting mm. 
to see how these guys, these young guys, especially very young guys, are shaping the way in which the, the new form of, or the new monetary system will actually be. And it's obviously great opportunities for them, making lots of money, but they're also now creating avenues in which the, the feds and the, the, the governments can come in and get and regulate it, which may in the end have a negative impact on individuals like us that are just normal day people, right? Everyone that I've actually been researching around this whole um, play to, to get paid, there's a lot of um, negativity around it. So the reason why yes. I wanted to show that now is I don't really have an opinion on Logan Paul or this coffeezilla, but what I, I'm starting to see is this trend of how these massive influences, and they happen a lot larger where celebrities, particularly that one famous porn star that created a NFT collection, made all the money and actually never stood up to offering the utility, whatever that may have been that she wanted to do. Mm. So I, I want to get your that. thoughts. Yeah, I want to get your thoughts and see how individuals like Logan Paul that has millions of people on YouTube are effectively taking the piss out of people, but people mm. still follow these guys. And it goes to what a lot of, I think, the, these, these guys that are fighting this whole feminist movement, call it that, that are arguing mm. that society is trying to make men weaker. I think Andrew Tate speaks about this a lot. But how these guys are like shaping the future and allowing people to accept being taken basically for, for an ass and still mm. following him. Like, what message is this sending to people? Yeah, look, it's, 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 it's quite an interesting take because, like, yes, if you have a lot of clout and influence and, and followers, I think it's a, a somewhat a no-brainer. Like, dudes like this have managers and stuff like that are, that are directing them into the space saying, listen, you can make a lot of money, you can create a legacy, you can have um, a long-term forever, for that matter, uh, where you can retain your brand in this metaverse for for yonks, bro. And I think a lot of people are trying to. It's 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 like moving liquidity from one state to another state, like an ecosystem. For instance, moving your ETH into an NFT. The the economic um, energy is still there, but people are, are are seeing that it's more, or should I say, it's it's a better option for the longevity of their family, uh, their brand to try and get into the space as quick as possible. But obviously it comes with a lot of naivety because that is people's money <coughs> that's at play. And there are people that are going to trade um, crypto. So they're going to short it. They're going to do many things to try and manipulate um, outcomes that's beneficial for a trader. So yes, a dude like Logan Paul can come to the table and say, listen, I'm launching this uh, play to earn game. And, uh, yeah, millions and millions of people that are following him are like, cool, I can earn money from playing a game. Let me join. But then you get big guys in the space that just go and accumulate all that funding and then just – and this is perhaps what's happened. Um, and a dude like Logan Paul might not be there to be blamed, if that makes sense. Like I don't think it's his intention to steal from his followers. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of – back and forth perhaps online to try and stipulate that he's in a position that he didn't do anything bad uh, and to try and not harm his followers. But there are going to be people that are tainted and say, this is a douchebag. He fucked me. Uh, I lost money. And yeah, I'm not going to follow you no more. 
but then again, like you posed that question, people are still following individuals despite their, their, their scrutiny and how they like, for instance, SBF. Dude, the dude still got followers on Twitter. It's not like <laughs> they just left him. He's still got a lot of clout and influence despite <laughs> what he's done. Yeah. And that's a good point. And you touched on two things that actually that I wanted to bring up today. So the one which you, you touched on now, then we'll get to SPF, is essentially the, the scrutiny in which someone that is typically on their, their, their way or is already famous will always, always, always experience throughout their career. You see it happen to celebrities, you have to see it happen to sports stars. For example, going back to the comment that I brought up about Cristiano Ronaldo, him having moved to the Saudi Arabia League now, which is a massive down step. It's, I mean, some people call it the Farmers League. But the point yes, is that everyone's like, ah, oh, why is he going there? He's going there for the money. Meanwhile, yeah. the guy is 38. He's achieved everything that you can achieve but the World mm. Cup, particularly in Europe. He's won everything. He's the, been mm. one of the best players mm. ever. Arguably. Yeah. And now he's yeah. gone to the tail end of his career, like you were saying now, to generate a significant amount of wealth that will at least last for generations of his family. And people mm. forget mm. that, right? People mm. think that a lot of these rich guys, oh, they have more than enough money. But these guys are obviously at a different wavelength and something that we can never actually comprehend, where we, they actually understand the value of money more than most people do. Mm. And the importance mm. of having money that can be exponentially grown and money that can last. Because you have that kind of money, you're spending it just as quickly as you're earning it, right? But I think yeah. a lot of people, if they were put in the position as he was, would take the same route he has done. He has nothing left to prove. But the point is, mm -hmm. like now with Logan Paul, whatever out there is, because he's somewhat of a controversial individual, like Andrew Tate is also, mm -hmm. is that he's coming under scrutiny. And like you're saying, he probably didn't have the intention of going into this mm -hmm. to to mess up or to fuck over his followers. But the thing is, mm -hmm. what probably happened is someone maybe made him a bet or maybe he, he, he overthought the success of it. Or clearly, maybe he still understand the technology around it because maybe some people yeah. had lied to him. You don't really know the truth. Mm. And I think no, a lot of sure. people that are potentially listening to this will have a completely different opinion to this. And that's the whole point yeah. of us doing this podcast is really just mm. to, to um, verbalize what we see and have some form of an opinion on it, whether mm. it's right or wrong. And always sometimes play devil's advocate. So like, yeah. like you say now, he's under so much scrutiny now, but the, the following is there. But talking to your point around the Sam Bankman free, people are following him on Twitter still to see what he comes out of now. Because that's something that mm. I wanted to talk to you about mm. today. Mm. He's pleaded not guilty to all these charges. And the crazy thing yeah. is he's only been, he only has eight charges against him. One of them is moving customer funds out of, the, out of FTX to Alameda and amongst mm. other things. But now he's not pleading guilty. And why do you think he's saying that? Because his legal team truly believes that his influence on not only the Republican side and, and uh, the Democrat side in government, where he gave him, I think, $40 million, that influence mm. that he has there is coming into the case now, where they believe, and mm. the legal team at least believe, that if you say you're not guilty, <coughs> you know you're now going, you're going the hard right now. Mm. And the, mm. when I saw that today, I was surprised because... The other people that he had on his team, I think his co-founder, that, that, that Asian guy, I can't remember his name, um, but he pleaded guilty, and so did that CEO mm. of Alameda pleaded guilty to some yeah, of the charges. Serious. 
Yes. So for now, the top honcho to come out and say that he must know something or they must have told him something that would give him reason to believe or he's just maybe that naive. That's the thing, dude. Like, how much of it is it a, is is all this just a big show? <coughs> and if you look at look at just engagement statistics, like, should I say negative news just generates better engagement? It's just how it works. Controversial news, the same story. And like, if you look at Twitter uh, primarily, you'll look the people the people that do well on Twitter are the people that cause shit. And when you look at that deeply, you, it's a natural thing. Like it's not like people are making up the crap; they're just being super honest about how they feel. So you know, we could talk and and we could speak to some dude, and he can have an opinion. But you'd 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 be submissive in in, in not rejecting that person in the moment and just letting it run. Whereas with Twitter, in that same conversation, the person that disagreed will probably say, "I disagree," but with a tone that's in a way controversial it's not gonna be like oh i disagree with you and this is why a smiley face no it's like nah bro and that's what how the, the, the engagement's working and this is exactly what happens um with these guys like sbf and that this shit works for media it makes money it sells freaking newspapers well if that's around still it sells ad space whatever the case may be it just generates money and this is what I think the main reason for a lot of um, shit that goes down and how it actually pans out, uh, like for instance with SBF, like yes, he's got probably big plugs in the system. And with that being said, all those plugs might have hands in other systems that are benefiting from one, his release or two, him being pleading not guilty, whatever. These things generate cash. And for however long they pull it out, because who knows? If he, if he goes spot-free, is people really going to go and like toy-toy outside his house and go and kill him? I think it's a couple months and then it's back to normal. That's just how quick this world works now. People are forgetting things that are actually very substantially bad or good just because of the nature of the, the, the tension. Like we're just constantly going. And uh, this is what's making media loving life right now. I think you put that so well that there, obviously, we always know what gets the clickbait, what gets the views. You see it even when you're out at a, in a club environment or an outdoor activity, you see a fight. Everyone is drawn towards the yes. fight. No one's just turning their back yes. and saying, okay, cool, those two guys are having an at each other, they just carry on like that. Everyone focused, and that's always how it's been, and that's how it always will be. And you're quite right, the guys that are brave enough to go on to spaces like Twitter or even um, Instagram, whatever it may be, and verbalize their opinion that's typically not even wrong or even seen bad by most of the population, but this small, um, minute part of the population, whether it's, it's, it's whatever activist there may be across the various spectrums, whether it's racial, whether, whether it's across sexes, whatever it may be, is that... I think there's always going to be a time where there's a person that's opposing it. Or at least maybe people think about what they actually believe in. The same thing now with COVID and all the vaccines and like what's coming out of the Twitter files that's, that's Elon Musk is unraveling as we go along. But like you're saying, they're releasing all this information about how 
the FBI, how the Democrats, how the Republicans were forcing the Twitter executives to censor certain information that didn't go or didn't fit their tune. But they're releasing this information. If you think about it, it's a massive, massive issue. They lied to a lot of the population in order to get them to do something to hide an agenda. So like in South mm. Africa, when, the, when, when that COVID happened and the government banned the sale of cigarettes and alcohol, meanwhile, the people that are working in government are selling the black market stuff and raking in millions of dollars. You know what I mean? They, they, they have an the influence here because there's another agenda <laughs> there that people are turning away from. And I think that's what's yeah. going to happen with this <laughs> Sam Bankman fleet. I think you'll get a small case, you'll go to prison for like mm. one or two years, go on house arrest mm. because there's too much skin in the game for a lot of people. The craziest yes. thing is when you see this Kevin O'Leary, which is that obviously the famous entrepreneur that is on Shark Tank and co- comes across as a very astute and um, uprightous individual, where now he's mm. in the spotlight of this whole FTX and Sam Bankman Free things because he came out and said, now I lost $15 million. But meanwhile, Sam Bankman Free had paid him $15 million to be an ambassador for the brand where he effectively invested nine or six million, either of the two, I can't remember. And now he's saying that he also lost money and he feels just as unjust as everyone else should be. Mm. But then mm. he goes in front of, of, of the courts and speaks about how Binance conspired to um, take down FTX, which is something we actually spoke about, where mm. I wouldn't be surprised because Binance had come in and said, no, after we've done our due diligence, there's no way we can actually save this company. What does that send? That sends shockwaves throughout investors. Mm. And that's when they started pulling out a lot of money. So mm. the thing is that I'm sure this has always been the case throughout history, but it's just a lot easier for us to see now with the information that we have on hand. But it speaks to your yeah. point and going yeah, back to yeah, the local yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. People are seeing this, but no one's doing anything about it. You know what I mean? Like, there's no protest yeah. for us for Black Lives Matter. Ah, oh, they lied to us about yes. the vaccines. Or... Oh, this, mm. It's mm. madness, mm. dude, and it speaks to your point. We are moving yeah. at a million miles an hour, and everything that's happening now in the crypto and NFT world will be forgotten about. Think of all the crap that happened last year that no one even talks about anymore. And it's yes. no one's fault. Yes. Why would we want yes. to do that? This is the world we yes. live in now, and it's something that yes. I feel like a lot of people aren't actually thinking about, or at least um, looking deeper at, at what is going on around us. I totally agree, bro. And I think it's, it, it aligns, well, should I say it's, it's akin to this, this notion of, of relevancy. Like if you look at any marketing platform, uh, well, social media marketing platform, relevancy is a, a key metric in defining whether your content gets seen um, more or less. Like let's say that's it's, it's a metric between zero to ten. So relevancy in, in, in reality is much the same. And this is probably what makes one not be controversial on their Instagram profile when they have like thousands of their friends following them versus if you have a million of random people following you. Like put it this way, if you got a million followers on Instagram and 500 of them are people you know deeply, the chances of you speaking your mind is a lot more, um, uh, or should I say it's, it's definitely more possible purely because I feel the relevancy of the relationship is what, what impacts a person's controversialness, if that makes sense. So like, I'm not like, that's why I took the story down on Instagram because I know that there's people on Instagram that, that will feel offended by what I stated. 
you know, and they're not going to actually, and these are friends, they're not going to go and DM me and say, dude, I actually got offended by this. You know, what's your stance on it? How you feel or whatever. They're just going to now. Let, let me ask you this. If you had a million mm. followers on Twitter now, would you mm. have taken off? Just to add a bit more context here, I think just. Uh, no, no, no. I'll leave it, it on yeah. that. Yes, because yeah, I do okay. feel that way. But just so the people that are listening now can understand, mm. just give the high level of what it is. And I have a comment on that, but I want you just to explain it to the people that are listening. Yeah, look, obviously I went into a controversial statement when I tweeted against um, corporate Tate, uh, Cobra Tate, I mean corporate. <laughs> and um, like when I say controversial, it touched on religion uh, in a way that is somewhat blasphemous. So this is when I moved it on to Instagram I felt that my Instagram is more personal. It's more intimate. It's people I know. And then I felt like this, not that anyone like made anything of it or was, I just got this internal feeling that, you know, there is someone I can offend that I know. And that's more, more impactful towards me than a, someone that I don't know. And I think this is what a lot of Twitter is. Like I, if I look at Twitter, most of my followers are people I don't know. I don't have my mates from Instagram coming and following me on Twitter. It's because they're not into it. Twitter is about a conversation of intellect. There's people trying to converse in, in, in their ideas and how smart they are. And this is why a lot of the people that are, I know aren't in the space yet purely because it's, it's not an aesthetic space. Like most dudes that I follow and that I'm, I'm friends with, are more about the aesthetic, more about the, the validation of, of, of Instagram or Facebook and that kind of thing. Whereas Twitter doesn't give you that directly. You know, it takes time to build a, a repertoire for you to feel validated. But the conversation is what matters. It allows, it's like journaling. It allows you, you know, to speak your mind. It's interesting that you're saying this because I was thinking about it, how we view Instagram, how we view LinkedIn, mm. how we view Twitter and how we use Facebook. So yes. how I view it now is I feel like Facebook is very old and it's just a thing mm. where I go on and I see what people that I, I used to know from high school are doing still to this day. And that's mm. it's ironic because that's what Twitter, I mean, Facebook was initially designed to do. But now that we've been out of school for such a, a long time and mm. typically when we had got Facebook, all our high school people were in, uh, in it and using it, right? So those are the people that I'm, I don't have any relationships with any of those people, but it's interesting mm. to see where people are progressing in their lives. When you look at yes, Instagram, yes, yes, yes. which is one in which I feel like everyone feels like they can show their life, but they can always hide mm. behind it in a way. I feel like mm. we mm. know that there's this facade and everything's unreal, but it truly feels like it the way yeah. I view it. Then you've got LinkedIn mm. where you'll be very wary of what you say or what you post or what you like. It's, it's insane. Like There's this level of um, like respect and professionality it is that but it's also mm. something like a discipline that comes within you almost like when you were talking to a lecturer I get the same feeling when I talk to people on LinkedIn it's not as mm. uh, tongue-in-cheek mm. as Instagram can be and then you get mm. Twitter the way in which I view Twitter it's interesting how my perception of it has changed 360 from the first time I remember Twitter so now mm. I view Twitter as something that's almost something like where you're naked. You say something, you, everyone's going to see that. And now you need to be confident in your, your body. 
when someone sees you naked mm, and you're mm. confident in your body, that's going to ruin your, your, your mindset. Mm, but if mm, you're a good-looking mm. oak or a good-looking girl or whatever it may be, and you feel confident in your skin, there's nothing... But that's how I feel Twitter is. In order for you mm. to garner that following and not have that situation where you feel like you're offending people that are close to you, you're going to mm. have to get to that point where a person that is very confident in their own skin. I feel that's how I do Twitter. Mm. But the last thing yes. I would say to this is when I was living in Manchester and I had that opportunity to do that presentation with the guys from Social Chain and Steve Bartlett, and he mm. actually sat me down and I didn't get through the final interview because I don't feel like I was equipped or I was very much in tune with what was going on in the social media world, specifically around Twitter. Instagram, I had it pretty much mm. under wraps and my understanding of how I would make it work. But he had asked me a question like, what are my thoughts on Twitter? And at that time, uh, this was 2016, 2017, mm. probably 16 mm. more. And my perception of yes. Twitter was more like at a time and gone. Because there was a time when Twitter felt like it was almost on the, the downward spiral, almost like any mm. other old, like maybe even like Angry Birds, like a game that was at its peak and whatever it is now, it just went under, mm. under, under wraps. And I remember saying something to him like in a negative way, like I didn't see that it had a future. And obviously I was very naive, but I didn't really think about it truly mm. because also maybe someone mm. intimidated by the question from him at that time. And he wasn't obviously yes. at the stature that he's at now. He's interviewing the best people in the world. If you listen to his podcast, Diary of the CEO. I fantastic. do. Fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. But my point is that that interaction with him, with me, I think that he actually realized that I'm not fit for his company. But... He said to me, and I'll never forget this, I see it as the modern-day newspaper. The newspaper article. Yeah, yeah, at that yeah, time, yeah, yeah. a lot of people would report like, news and information. And look at what it is today. It truly is that, but it's on demand. Like, it's relentless. Mm, mm, and mm. It's, it's just interesting to see how people are leveraging Twitter now to create controversy, to aid them and benefit them in something that we probably don't know yet. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah look i think um like what you mentioned with social chain i feel like that's perhaps one of those trick questions because that's how they got that's how they made it was through twitter um so i think he probably had a, quite a, a personal <coughs> attachment to the 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 interface and um given in hindsight to what it's become it's much like actually before i mention that i feel that Twitter wasn't painted in the, the right light in Africa. And when I say that, like our social e ecosystems and the people we know weren't using it in a way that other first world countries were using it. And I'm not trying to downplay uh, specific countries, but I do think even till now, I don't have this you and maybe like a couple of I know that are on Twitter. And I'm thinking, what the fuck, bro? I know gang people, but they don't they don't have Twitter. And that's just because it's a it might be just a, a South African thing. Like I'm speaking for myself right now and what I've seen, because I don't have much information regarding different parts of the world. But what I've seen from 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 a South African point of view is that a lot of people aren't interested in it because they've been fed a different product, which is Facebook. Like South Africa, Facebook 
is fucking pumping, bro. And that's because they know that they can leverage um, the the lower LSM market by by introducing Facebook uh, Marketplace and all that kind of stuff. So this has become a very strong portfolio in Africa, and it's made people turn a blind eye to the Twitter space. There's a lot of African people on Twitter, but it's very controversial, and they call it Black Twitter. Um, but yes, that's also a stigmatism that's come from from local South Africa that's saying this is, but that's actually Twitter. It's not black Twitter. Twitter is like that. If you're going to say something stupid, people are going to whack you, bro. If you're going to say something smart, people are going to dig it. That's just how it works. So this is also something that came to mind. I was like, a lot of brands in this country specifically don't want to turn to Twitter because they're scared of the, 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 the scrutiny that comes with it. Like they'll tarnish the brand. That, that, that nakedness that I was telling you about now. Yes. You can't, yes, you can't, scared, you can't, you can't run it hard on Twitter like Instagram. Mm. I think people are more likely Make a to pretty screenshot picture. your tweet than screenshot your picture. Yes, they do that. I get that. But mm. I agree mm. with you. I don't feel like we were exposed to Twitter the way the rest of the world was, or at least in countries like the United Kingdom or in uh, in the USA, because you're quite right. Mm. Stephen obviously had a, a completely different opinion to what I had. And that's probably because at that time, we weren't using Twitter. I mean, we yes, went, yes. and the way in which yes. we view Twitter and why it didn't work, at least in the social circles in which we were a part of, is that with Twitter, you don't get as much instant gratification as you get with Instagram. Someone likes your yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. you can't really see if they if they're hot or not, or if it's this kid, mm. or if it's this guy, mm -hmm. she's wanting this guy, isn't it? Mm. I think, and that's what people wanted Twitter to get out of Twitter, and obviously it didn't have that, mm. and it was not intended for that. I remember Twitter mm. back when it first came to light, in, at least in our social circles, was speak your mind. Ah, mm. I'm looking forward to going to the gym. I'm looking forward mm. to, oh, I just had a great meal at this place. Meanwhile, these guys were really like, but the thing is, it might have been for people that were older than us that had more sense to talk about because if a younger person speaking on there on Twitter I, I, I feel like that's why TikTok does so well because it's tailored towards the younger Alison I don't know if Twitter is tailored towards the younger Alison now I'd be interested to see I suppose there's people that can give me that stats or we can just research it but I just the, the stuff I see on Twitter is very much older generation but very intellectual people Mm, mm, maybe mm. these people are posting a whole bunch of crap but obviously it's by virtue of the people that I mm. follow or my interests yes. in their line but mm. I, I feel like Twitter has I'm really fascinated to see what Elon does with this because for him mm. to invest that kind of money that he did even if he wants yeah. to back out of it people may argue oh, he wants to back out and he's obligated to get in Yes. What that first time that he thought of it, this could be a fucking great idea. What was that? And is he running it? That maybe it's changed. But you know what mm. I mean. Like, I feel like for someone of that nature, you yes, you could argue it's a big mistake, and now it's impacting Tesla shares. But I think it's mm. all going to come together mm. eventually. Definitely. You know what definitely. I mean? Like Tesla's doing some I... work with SpaceX. SpaceX is doing some work mm. with. With solar cities, Tesla's doing some work, but now it's no longer solar cities. Tesla now, mm. <coughs> Twitter will, will become some form of asset to those organisations. I just don't know what yet. Well, that's that's the bad <coughs> point, and I think that's exactly why he bought it. He didn't buy it to to make money off it. 
I don't think he's in a position where he wants to make more money. I think he's in a position where he wants to make things more homogenous for himself and for his community. So this is where Twitter becomes a, a, a big, big move in the chessboard because everyone on Twitter, especially those that, that believe in it still, are looking to him as a leader more than how they look to him in the whereas he was just the Tesla dude. Like, you really think people are so interested in hearing what Mark Zuckerberg has to say on the day-to-day besides his fans? No. But people on Twitter are so curious about what the fuck Elon's going to have to say. So he's actually becoming the pseudo, like, rebellion leader in a way. Like, he's, he's, he's trying to conjure a, a, a community that makes him just, if not more powerful than governments. Because if you really look at it, like we mentioned with, with Logan Paul, influence is, 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 is quite a bit of the game. If you have a lot of influence and you got a lot of money and you got all the fucking, um, you got your hands in electric vehicles, you got your hands in space shit, you got your hands in solar panels on roofs, dude, you start to actually meet uh, 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 the prerequisites of what defines a kingdom. So this is where, where I think he's trying to get to is to position himself in the future so that he doesn't need to bow the knee to anyone. Whether that's the president of America, who gives a fuck? That's where I feel like he's going. And for him to be able to call out people in the fashion that he has kind of justifies his mission in a way. And this is what what leads us back to the, the whole Twitter is that it's basically like buying a marketing platform for your other products. That makes sense. Because everyone, yeah, Tesla's dropped, but that's purely because of, of typical economics that does that all the time, bro. And uh, Tesla's going to, based on, if I look at, I looked at the graph uh, yesterday and it's looking like it's, 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 it's going to bang, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's, it's funny because it's, Adam had actually put a graph of Tesla up against Apple in the first years that it was listed. It's following a similar trajectory. I don't think you could say the same. The minute Tesla is, is getting into Africa and stuff like that, which we'll all do in the next few years, I think it will mm. become almost like the next Apple in its own right. But we've come to the end of our, our first episode of 2023, Jonah. What a, actually, nice, nice, enjoyed nice. That, man. That was perfect. That was sick, eh? All right. So everyone that's listening, please like and subscribe. Share it if you like. We'll put the information of the the videos that we had showed early on if it doesn't come through now. Um, John, excited for the next next year ahead with the podcast. We will try to change it up and bring some additional guests on. And, yeah, any, any other comments you may have, please leave it in the comment section and let us know. Jono, as always, any party new remarks? Oh, bro, like, I feel that I'm not going to come up with a slogan, but more just a word, and that's a word of gratitude, bro. And I feel like if you can just find gratitude in, in the smallest things, we can start to find an essence in life, bro. And, like, there's a lot of commotion happening in and around us, and we just need to be grounded. And this is where, where it's at, bro, so... Gratitude to all, my man, and to yeah, all the peeps. I, I love that. I, lo- I really like that. And I think now, starting on the new year, when a lot of people have resolutions, and I think the key thing for me this year is to 
focus on the mind and see how I observe the thoughts that are actually not my own thoughts because as Eckhart Tolle speaks about, you are not the thoughts, you are the observer of these thoughts. And it's something that we know, it's so amazing, something that we know but we don't often practice. And I feel like being grateful takes you a point of uh, presence and if you are able mm. to maintain mm. that throughout the day, even on a mm. on an hourly basis, imagine being present every hour on the day. I'm saying mm. your results would be. But anyway, thanks to yeah. everyone. Yeah. Look out for the next episode. Jonah, take care. Um, see Much you love, Mikey. Ciao, everybody. <laughs>